shepherds. But long before he chose the shepherds, God handpicked the two central characters of the story, a woman named Mary and a man named Joseph. Today, I'd like us to study the man, the man that God, the father, chose to take the role of father for the child of Christmas. Just think about how extraordinary this man must be. Since God selected, hand-selected, this man to become the most important human father in history. Just think about that. What kind of man do you think God would choose? Well, we know that out of all the men in the world at that time, God chose a man named Joseph. And the Bible reveals a little about why God chose him. So let's pick up some lessons from God's choice of this man. And as we do, we'll discover that Joseph was no ordinary Joe. Please turn your Bible, would you, to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1, and we'll begin reading at verse 18. If you're... uh, uh, Wondering where that is? It's on the very first page of the New Testament. Uh, This is the Christmas story you may have heard many times before, but this time, see if you can notice the extraordinary character qualities that set Joseph apart. Matthew chapter 1, beginning at verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be a child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel had commanded him and took Mary home to be his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. So out of all the men in the world, God chose Joseph. Why did God choose Joseph? Well, these words in Matthew provide some clues about the qualities that set Joseph apart and the qualities that I can apply to my relationship with God. The main clue that we're given about Joseph appears in verse 19 where it says, Joseph, Mary's husband, was a righteous man. The fact that the Bible calls Joseph a righteous man, puts Joseph in a very exclusive club. Out of all the characters introduced in Scripture, only a select few are ever called righteous. Righteous is not a term that we use very much, even in church. Uh, My 
guess is that the last time you called someone or someone uh, you heard someone call someone righteous, it was not used as a compliment. Uh, because today, the word righteous tends to mean arrogant or rigid or hypocritical. Well, this is not what the Bible means by righteous. When the Bible calls Joseph righteous, it is the highest compliment that can be given. The word translated righteous in both Hebrew and Greek means accurate, being correct. It means being right. And particularly in Scripture, it means being right in a relationship with God. When the Bible says that someone is righteous, it doesn't mean they're perfect. It just means that Joseph is someone who has a right relationship with God that revolves around three key components. In Scripture, righteousness is a right relationship with God that is empowered by these three components. Right believing, right thinking, and right living. Joseph was a right, righteous man who displays the power of these three components. So let's take a look at the right believing, right thinking, and right living that made Joseph a man who was no ordinary Joe. First, Joseph displays the extraordinary power of right believing. The more I think about the circumstances Joseph was faced with at the first Christmas the more I just stand back at, in total awe and I'm just impressed with the extraordinary power of Joseph's believing heart. Just to review the situation, uh, Joseph is engaged to Mary. And while their wedding day is still months ahead, uh, Mary comes to Joseph and says, I am pregnant with a child from God. And certainly, this must have seemed unbelievable to Joseph. But he goes to sleep, and in his dream, God's messenger tells him that what Mary says is true, and that he should wed Mary and raise the child as his own. And then we're told that Joseph woke up, and he did what God told him to do in the dream. Joseph was no ordinary Joe. He had trust in God such that he was able to believe the unbelievable. Uh, let's break down uh, the content of what Joseph believed. Joseph believed that God really speaks to his people. Joseph believed that God intervenes in the lives of ordinary people. Joseph believed that with God all things are possible. Joseph believed that God does what he says he'll do. Joseph believed that pleasing God was more important than pleasing people. And Joseph believed that following God's plan was worth whatever sacrifices he needed to make. This is what made Joseph a righteous man and no ordinary Joe. Joseph was empowered by right beliefs. And the question I've been asking myself is, do I? Do I have these right beliefs? It's a very important question because I really want to be empowered like Joseph. 
I really want to be the kind of person that God can choose for His glory and to make a difference in this world. And what I see in Joseph is that I can't be the person God chooses unless I am first empowered with right beliefs. If I want to be useful in God's hands, like Joseph was, then first and most importantly, I must get my beliefs right. And I encourage you to ask the same question uh, of yourself uh, as I'm asking of myself. And my first question is, uh, Joseph believed that God spoke to him. Do I believe, believe that God speaks to me? I mean, if I were Joseph and I had a dream, would I believe like Joseph did? Or would I just ignore the dream and rationalize it away as uh, bad sushi or uh, a, a coincidence or a result of psychological stress or just my mind playing tricks on me? Maybe like you, you I am tempted to just kind of wave away this uh, uh, this following of the dream of Joseph by, because people back then were uh, simple and unsophisticated. Well, I think this is a good example of what scholars call chronological arrogance. Uh, chronological arrogance is the practice of thinking that we today are so smart and people in the past were so dumb. The truth is, that the people in the past, like Joseph, were not dumb. And we're not as smart as we think we are. Joseph wasn't some dumb guy who followed every dream that popped into his head. Uh, no, taking Mary as his wife was an act of incredible self-sacrifice. And it really insults Joseph to say that he was just following a cultural superstitious practice of giving significance to a dream. No, Joseph was a righteous man who believed God speaks to his people. And because he believed that God speaks, Joseph was listening for God's voice. And not just once. Uh, God spoke to Joseph here in Matthew chapter 1. Then God spoke to Joseph twice more in chapter 2. In a dream, Joseph heard God telling him to take his wife and child uh, out of Herod's reach by taking them to Egypt. And then later, Joseph heard God telling him to take them out of Egypt. Uh, the point is that Joseph listened to God's voice. Joseph believed that God was a speaker, and so Joseph became a listener to God's voice. And the problem with us is that we say we believe. We say that we believe that God speaks to people, but then we don't expect God to say anything to us. H.G. Wells wrote a story for the New Yorker magazine about a bishop in a large Manhattan cathedral. And whenever people came to him in grief or pain, the bishop was fond of telling people to go and spend some time in prayer. Uh, but even though the bishop was piously known for telling people to pray, he was not himself a praying man. He talked a lot about prayer, but he didn't pray. 
But the day came when the bishop's life was in turmoil, and so he made a grand decision to go into the cathedral and pray. As he knelt down at the front of the cathedral, uh, the bishop couldn't help but think of, with satisfaction about how beautiful and childlike it was for him to be a man of his stature and kneel uh, before God. He secretly hoped that someone would wander in and spread the touching story of the bishop in prayer. But only now half aware of his words, the bishop began, Oh, God! And then suddenly, a voice thundered down upon the bishop in reply, I am here. The next morning, they found the bishop lying face down on the marble floor of the cathedral. He was dead. And when they turned over his lifeless body, they saw frozen on his face with eyes wide open a look of shock and horror. The point of the story is that there are people who say that they have a relationship with God, but they have no expectation of a real contact with God. These people go through the motions of a relationship with God, but if God were really to speak to them, they would die of shock. Joseph was no ordinary Joe. He believed that God speaks, and so he listened to God's voice. And he heard God's voice. And this is one of the key reasons that God chose Joseph to be the father of the most important child in history. And by the way, I think there is a side note uh, kind of lesson here for fathers. I think it's interesting that uh, when it came to communicating his will, God spoke to Joseph. Uh, Mary was the one God chose uh, to bear his son. But when it came to directing this holy family in and out of Egypt, God spoke to Joseph. And God alludes to this principle many times in Scripture. The principle that God has family headship roles for husbands and fathers who stay in the home. I suppose men who separate from their wife or children probably forfeit uh, that privilege, but if you are a husband or a father at home, God would like to just tap you on the shoulder, point to this story of Joseph, and ask you an important question. Are you listening? Are you listening to God for your family? Do you pray for your wife and your children and then listen to God's direction of how you can best love them and lead them into God's blessing? But this lesson from Joseph is not just for fathers. God is whispering to all of us right now, asking you to remember that if you are going to be empowered as the kind of person that God chooses, you must listen to Him like you really believe that God wants to speak to you. Through your study of His Word in Scripture, through times of prayer, through the wise people in your life, through dreams and circumstances, just this past week, I had a personal decision where I really needed God's direction. It was an important personal decision. 
it was a personal decision I think you'd find pretty fascinating. But we'll never know because I'm not going to tell you what it was. Uh, so mind your own business. It was a personal decision. Uh, the point is that uh, in this personal decision, it was very important in my life, I followed Joseph's example. And I went to Scripture and read Scripture. But I just didn't read. I tried to listen to God. And when I went through my day, I didn't just let minutes and hours wash over me. I tried to listen to God. And I found that as I listened to God in prayer and Scripture and in the circumstances of my day, I could discern God's voice coming through in a way that made it possible for me to discern God's will for me and to give me peace in that decision. And my guess is you're faced with some hard choices too. Is there a personal decision that you're facing today? Think about it. Do you have a work issue and you need direction? Or do you have a family challenge and you need help? Well, whatever the personal thing is, instead of worrying or listening to your feelings or living in panic, gain wisdom by listening. Listening to God in your life. The Christmas season is a great time to listen to God. I know you're busy. I know you think that you cannot stop for ten minutes just to be quiet and listen to God. I know you think you can't afford ten minutes. But I'm telling you, you cannot afford to stop and listen to God. Don't allow this Christmas season to slip away without carving out some time for your relationship with God. Carve out the little time to read God's Word, to listen. Let you really believe that God speaks. Joseph was God's choice because he had the right beliefs. Joseph believed that God really speaks to his people. Joseph believed that he intervenes in the life of ordinary uh, individuals. Joseph believed that God uh, made all things possible. Jesus, uh, Joseph believed that, uh, that uh, God does what he says he will do. Joseph believed that pleasing God was more important than pleasing people. Joseph believed that following God's plan was worth whatever sacrifices he needed to make. And I'm sure you can understand how whoever God chose to be the human father of Jesus, that man would have to really own each one of these beliefs. God couldn't choose a man who believed that God was some distant deity uh, who didn't intervene in the lives of ordinary people. He couldn't choose a man uh, who believed that God never did anything supernatural. God couldn't choose a man who believed that pleasing people was more important than pleasing God or believed that that comfort was uh, more important than following God's plan. Only a righteous man with these right beliefs uh, could be the, the the child's father of this special child. God chose a righteous man with the right beliefs who was no ordinary Joe. And if you operate on these same beliefs, there is nothing ordinary about you either. Empowered with these right beliefs, God can use you like Joseph in extraordinary ways. But now, let's just move on to the second component in Joseph's righteousness. 
Joseph displays, secondly, the extraordinary power of right thinking. Uh, In Matthew chapter 1, verse 19, uh, we're told that Joseph was righteous, uh, a righteous man who displayed righteousness through his right thoughts about Mary. Just think about Joseph's situation. He's engaged to be married, uh, to, to Mary, and at some time before their wedding, it becomes clear that Mary's pregnant. Not only does this pregnancy hold Joseph up to community shame, but Joseph could take this as a personal insult. Mary had betrayed him. Mary broke his heart. Mary humiliated him and deceived him and crushed their dreams together. But what is truly amazing is how in the midst of this hurt and confusion, Joseph had right thoughts about Mary. Verse 20 tells us that Joseph considered. That's a a word, that's a thinking word in Greek. And in the midst of this hurt, Joseph was thinking about how he could save Mary from embarrassment. And these extraordinary thoughts of compassion do not come from an ordinary Joe, but from a righteous man empowered by right thinking. For all Joseph knows, Mary had cheated on him, shamed him, and yet instead of thinking, Mary embarrassed me, now I'm going to embarrass her. Mary hurt me, now I am going to hurt her or forget her. Instead of thinking this way, Joseph thinks, how can I save Mary from further embarrassment? And here's the really amazing thing here. Joseph thinks these compassionate thoughts about Mary before before God gives him the dream that confirms Mary's story. It makes you wonder about God, doesn't it? I mean, why does God seem to like to do things the hard way? Uh, It would have been a lot easier if God had given Joseph this confirming dream before uh, Mary was pregnant. Uh, That way Joseph could have escaped any moment of anguish and he could have just said to Mary, "Ah, so you're pregnant. No kidding, God told me. But God doesn't do that. God allowed Joseph to suffer disappointment and anguish for who knows how many days before the dream came. So why does God delay the dream? Well, for one thing, uh, by delaying the dream, God gave Joseph the opportunity to rise to the occasion. By delaying the dream, God gave Joseph the opportunity to show me how a righteous man thinks in a moment of crushing disappointment. We can see the content of Joseph's character because the dream was delayed and Joseph had to struggle with all that disappointment. And I've been thinking that maybe this explains why God lets me go through hard times. When God lets me go through uh, painful experiences, God is giving me like Joseph, the opportunity to rise to the occasion. God is giving me the opportunity to grow the content of my character and develop righteous thought patterns, and the same is true for you. Let me ask you, do you, um, you find yourself harboring bitter thoughts against someone who has betrayed you? Uh, well, it's not too late to rise to the occasion. Uh, 
Do you find yourself uh, having angry thoughts about a person at work or uh, in your home because you're hurt? Well, it's not too late to rise to the occasion and make this a personal opportunity for growing righteous, right thought patterns. The Christmas season has its, you know, uh, upsides and its downsides. Uh, there's the joy of Christmas giving, but then there's the uh, post-Christmas bills. Uh, there's the joy of uh, Christmas goodies, and then comes the post-Christmas dieting. Uh, there's the joy of Christmas family time, and then comes the post-Christmas therapy appointments. Uh, <laughs> You see, your dysfunctional relatives are a blessing because in Christ's power, you can rise to the occasion at Christmas of thinking about them with love and compassion and forgiveness that will lead to a lifestyle of reconciliation in all your difficult relationships because right thinking leads to right living. And this is the last component of righteousness. As a righteous man, Joseph displays the extraordinary power of right living. Uh, Joseph didn't just listen to God's voice. Joseph didn't just follow, uh, you know, the right thought patterns. Joseph uh, followed God's will with his actions. Joseph uh, took Mary as his wife. Because God told him to do that. When God told Joseph to take his wife and child in and out of Egypt, Joseph took his wife and child in and out of Egypt. Joseph did whatever God called him to do. And Joseph did it despite rejection and opposition from the people in his life. The timing of Mary's pregnancy was a scandal in their small community where Joseph lived. When Joseph took Mary as his wife, I'm sure it cost him friends. It cost him his reputation and probably destroyed his small carpentry business. Joseph endured all this rejection because of what he believed. His guide was his belief that pleasing God was more important than pleasing people. That following God's plan was worth whatever sacrifices he needed to make. And Joseph's right living came from the result of his right believing and his right thinking. And it's so important to get this in its correct order. Many people assume that the righteous life comes from right actions. But this is false. Righteousness comes from a right relationship with God. And a right relationship with God leads to right beliefs. And right beliefs lead to right thinking. And then right thinking leads to right living. God, Joseph's right living came from a right thinking, which came from right believing, which came from a right relationship with God. And if you listen to God... This moment, you'll hear God calling you back to that relationship with Him. God is calling you back to this right relationship, a closer relationship with Him, where you receive afresh 
His grace and love in Jesus. God is calling you back to this realization that when you live in a right relationship with God, there is nothing ordinary about you. You are the focus of God's extraordinary purpose and plan for your life. When Joseph looked in the eyes of uh, those who were around him, he saw disapproval and rejection. But I'm sure when Joseph looked in the eyes of the child of Christmas, he saw the opposite. When Joseph looked in the eyes of Jesus, he saw the love and approval of God himself. And that made it all worthwhile. When Joseph made that decision to wed Mary, he probably thought it was the end of his reputation as a righteous man. Little did he know that God has a great sense of humor. God has arranged things so that this man who thought that he gave up his righteous reputation is a man that we're still talking about and we still admire 2,000 years later. And I think God wants to use the extraordinary Joseph to remind me and you that among the followers of Jesus, there are no ordinary Joes. If you follow Jesus, there is nothing ordinary about you. God is calling you to a closer relationship with Him, the kind of right relationship that will grow you into a person with right beliefs and right thinking and right living. God is calling you to this extraordinary power that Joseph displayed. Because in Christ, like Him, you are no ordinary Joe.